When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Steve Peters and Craig Morgan. And how are we feeling after that nine to Coyotes win last night? It still doesn't quite feel real to me. <laughs> I didn't get a lot of sleep. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> you work too much, Craig. Yeah. So are you guys. <laughs> I, I tell you what, that was, um, it's still, it, what's funny to me, Leah, is you get up this morning and the buzz around the league about how hot those Arizona Coyotes are. Are you kidding me? It's, it's March in, in their clearly out of the playoffs. And well, you know, at the bottom of the standings and, and national people are talking about, Hey, how about those hot Coyotes? I, I'm just getting a kick out of it. Good for them. It's a good, it's a story, but we'll see if we're talking about it next Monday. Yeah, the thing we said last night is just it's nice for them to get a reward, right? It's been a difficult season, so you like to see the players get a payoff once in a while and the coaches get a payoff once in a while. So fun for them and fun story all around last night with the Phil Kessel angle, too. Yeah, a lot of – oh, sorry. A lot of uh, high-scoring games in the NHL last night. It was a good night to bet the over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. And and I tell you what, right now it's – you look around the league at teams that are struggling – and Detroit clearly is one, and Ottawa is another. And you look at the Minnesota Wild, it's a lot of lost of games. It really comes back to goaltending. And then they're not getting consistent goaltending on some of these teams. And I think if you want to make that leap into the playoffs or get that big, strong push at the end of the year, your goalies better be dialed in. And I don't think it's just one. I think it's both of them. Your tandems better be going. And ironically enough, the Coyotes goalies are playing really well right now. It's, it's, I mean, I know, I know we're not in the playoffs and it's, it's good to talk about wins, but if those teams that are going to be good in the playoffs, they're going to need good goaltending. And, and again, they're going into Toronto and what's the question mark in Toronto? Their goaltending. So maybe it continues another day. We'll see. Well, something that happened last night is that Clayton Keller surpassed his um, best goal output. He scored his 24th of the season, which um, surpassed his rookie's, season with 23 goals and Clayton Keller sneakily is among the top 40 in NHL point scorers. It's a long time since the Coyotes have said that they have a top 40 point scorer on their roster. The last time that happened, 2012, 13. Is that true? Well, I, I typed that wrong. I think everybody knows which wasn't with the, the team. And yeah. 2011, 12. That was, the, I mean, that the was sneakily, the year. 
before we move on, can I ask the writer I mean, of the group? I'm it's sneakily. It. I'm going to allow okay. it. I don't know okay. if it is actually, but I'm allowing it nonetheless. I liked it. A... Nice word, Leah. I like it. <laughs> Googling right now. I'm Googling. Ray <laughs> so, Whitney had 77 points in, in that wondrous 11-12 season when the Coyotes went to the Western Conference Final, finished tied for 12th in the NHL. Clayton Keller is on pace right now for a 79-point season, which would be the second highest total in Coyotes history, Leah's proving to us that sneakily is a word, by the way. <laughs> I apologize. It's the Cambridge Dictionary. It must like, be nice. true. Faulting us with her phone right into the camera right now. <laughs> so, be the second highest total in Coyotes history behind Keith Kachuk's 86 points in the Coyotes' very first season in the Valley. That would be something to see if he got to set, even if he got one more point and got to 80. There's only been one 80 point season, amazingly, in the Coyotes' 25 years. In what? <laughs> right? Yeah. And right now, as it stands, he's 35th all time with 55 points. And I tell you what, um, well, he's got 54. So if he gets two more points, he jumps way up into the 30s. And I tell you what, that list of top 10 all time Coyotes points is impressive. I mean, it's Kachuk, Ronick, Doan, and Whitney. And that's it. They share all of those records. And Clayton Keller, surprisingly enough, his rookie season, he's at the 14th. So I, 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 again, I'm going to say it again for people that don't listen all the time. I apologize because over the summer, I'm like, contract's not worth it. Clayton Keller can't be consistent. He can't get to the inside. He doesn't play both sides of the puck. I was wrong because he's doing all of those things. And everything that gets talked about Clayton Keller this year, he deserves. He deserves the all-star nod. He deserves to be in this conversation of all-time Coyotes points, guys, because he's not only is he scoring, he's he's distributing the puck so well right now. His game has, has, has evolved over the last two seasons, leaps and bounds. And I tell you what, he's worth every penny right now. And this is all things he's doing on this Coyotes roster. You know, he's not on a line centered by a top line center. He's not on a team that's putting up offensive numbers besides the last two games, but those are um, a fluke, I would say. But, you know, so to see him having this level of success on this roster, it gets you excited for the future of what's to come with um, more talent down the line. And that's a great, great point because what you, when you talked about Keith Kachuk and having those numbers in 96-97, who was his centerman? Jeremy Roanoke, who was ninth that season with 69 points. So Kachuk's both years where he did his best point production had Jeremy Roanoke as a center. And and these guys are doing it with Travis Boyd. And, and again, no knock on Travis Boyd, who's playing his best hockey of his career. It's not a number one center in the National Hockey League. What, what happens if you're with Crosby or Matthews or McKinnon? Then what? Where's yeah. Keller now? Yeah. Yeah. What happens if uh you know if he's playing alongside his his good friend Austin Matthews <laughs> and they golf together? Can you imagine that line? Arizona, where Austin Matthews likes to come in all of his free time, but <laughs> that rumor again. Should we tag like uh, should we send this to various Toronto media outlets to carry this <laughs> right here? Let's just can you put it on Twitter? I'm honestly I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> the three of them, I get, and I see this too. They would they would rent a house together, or maybe an apartment downtown. The three, like the triplets, I could just see it, almost like the Brady Bunch. They could share a room with bunk beds. I would love to be all that. about it. Guarantee I'd it. Love to see that line play, but yeah, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. Right? Yeah, we're we won't Tea get time at nine. Oh face off God. at seven. But you know what you just said about Clayton Keller's mm -hmm. contract. You can say the same thing about Nick Schmaltz, right? 
who's not quite as high. I think he's like around 5'8 is his AAV. Again, Schmaltz hasn't been doing it for his, for an entire season like Keller, but I mean, 30 points in his last 20 games and he's he's really rolling right now. You look at those contracts now and you think, okay, if they sustain anything close to this, you're, you're going to feel okay about those. And let's not forget, when those contracts were signed, nobody had an idea that the pandemic was coming and how it would impact the salary cap. If the pandemic hadn't occurred, the cap would be much higher and those contracts would represent a smaller percentage of the overall cap hit. So they look even better than they have over the last couple seasons. Well, speaking of players under contract, there's 24 currently. Um, we haven't even talked about the Liam O'Brien extension, um, but he was just signed another a two-year extension, and I said another because Travis Boyd did as well. So the Coyotes are continuing to get players under contract, and it looks like also talks with Scott Wedgwood are heating up. So, I, you know, Craig's talked about this, this storyline out there that how are the Coyotes going to fill all these contract spots? And I know, Craig, that you're digging more into that narrative. Yeah, I'm going to have a story later today because I talked to a lot of agents about this, so I'll get their views on how the Coyotes go about filling out this roster. Uh, I won't go into that in too much detail, but like you said, with the uh, Travis Boyd and Liam O'Brien signings, the Coyotes up to 24 players under contract. The max for the NHL is 50. Now, most teams leave a few slots open for flexibility throughout the season, but you know you can say, wow, they're they're about halfway. That That's a lot of work to do. Well, they have nine RFAs in the system. You would imagine that the majority of those guys are going to be back. I do think talks are really going to start heating up with Scott Wedgwood. In fact, I know talks have begun now with Scott Wedgwood on, on bringing him back. You may see a couple of bad contracts come back to the team at the trade deadline. So now you're in the 30s. So can they fill out the rest? Um, we'll talk about that in the story. I won't give away too much. <laughs> got a lot of agents thoughts, a lot of really good insight from it, it's, it's going to be actually eight agents that I use in the story. The the other couple that I spoke to talked about other things because, of course, we've got a trade deadline coming up as well. But, yeah, a lot of good insight coming up in that story. Yeah, because um, you, you talked about the pieces of this and how this roster is going to get built. We, I, for one, thought a guy like Travis Boyd was a guy that was going to move along. But to your point, and I'm sure you'll dive into all of these things, their contracts are now looking like, okay, they have – forward that can play in the NHL next year, which is more than you could say about two weeks ago. Um, so it's it's definitely possible. Do you foresee other signings of UFAs as we go along, or do you think that's something that might happen after the trade deadline if those UFAs don't move? Yeah, I, I think that's what's going to happen at this point. They want to leave some roster slots open to see what's coming back. Um, and other than Scott Wedgwood, I, I think that one could happen before the deadline. We'll see what, what happens in those talks. Of course, you have to – both sides have to agree on a deal. Um, but as far as the other UFAs, I think we know some of the names that are probably moving on. At least they think they're going to be moving on. So I, I think the caddies are going to wait and be patient and see what happens with the deadline before they do anything else. Go ahead, Petey. But along with that, though, Craig, there are some other UFA names that that they might be able to – I'll use Alex Galchenyuk as a guy that serviceable can play in the middle, can play on the wing, can play up and down the lineup is a good soldier, good attitude and cost effective. So he wants to be, again, here. he wants yeah. to be. Here. So maybe that's another name. Once the trade deadline is over, you can go, okay, you know, he's, he's, he's making $750,000 this year. Can we sign him under a million dollars for next year? The answer is probably yes. 
sign him for under a million dollars and he he fills a roster spot and can play up and down your lineup. So I think you're right. I think once the trade deadline is over, some of these UFAs may still find their way back to a home in the desert. What about Andrew Ladd? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a really interesting one to watch this offseason. Um, he's obviously out now injured. Um, I think when they brought him on, there was a lot of uh, – most people around the league thought Andrew Ladd's not even going to crack this lineup. He's going to be a 13th or 14th forward well, he had some moments this season. I'm not saying he had a consistent season, but he had some moments where he looked like a legitimate NHL player this year. I know he worked really hard in the offseason. I wrote about that, what he did to try and get himself back after the frustrating situation, um, you know, with the Islanders. I don't know what he's going to do this offseason. If he plays a game, the Coyotes don't get that third round pick. And I know they'd love to have that pick. That's still that's a valuable asset. I don't know what Andrew Ladd is thinking at this point. He's a hockey player. I'm sure he wants to play in some capacity. So that's going to be a really interesting story to watch in the offseason. Does he does he want to stay in the NHL? Is there even a market for him in the NHL? Um, or does he end up going you know, to another league if he wants to extend his career? Does he go to Europe or something like that? Um, again, an interesting story to watch. And he's a guy that we said in the preseason that, again, I'll go back to me personally. I said wouldn't play 10 games this season. He's played 42. He's got six goals. Yeah. He's had a much bigger impact on this team than I expected him to. He wore a letter. Um, yeah, he's he has earned what he's received this year. He worked hard to get there. But now what? And part of the deal that you brought him in and you thought he was going to be almost dead money to get that draft pick next season. Uh-oh. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those that he's playing better than you anticipated, and he clearly wants to play. I mean, he's worked hard to get here. I, I think he wants to play more hockey. So, will he this year? I don't know, but what happens next year? It's it's definitely a storyline to keep your eye on. For sure. Well, it's crazy to believe that the trade deadline is just 12 days away. Um, 12 days? <laughs> Seriously. Yep. Are we doing um, a show that day, Leah? We sure are. We will for sure be having a live show as soon as the trade deadline ends because you can imagine that some players are going to move and some players that could we could see moved let's just name a few kessel which is one we've been saying since before the season started chikrin's been talked about for months larson beagle fisher strawman um obviously boyd with his signing is off the table but what about roussel yeah, I think with him being injured and out six weeks, it's it's going to – I mean, I'm not sure there was a great market for him anyway. Maybe there's a team that thinks, oh, maybe he'll be healthy by the time the, the end of the season comes along. But I don't know about Antoine Roussel at this point. He's he's probably a guy that that lost his value at the trade deadline. Yeah, and we talk about Chikrin, his – you know, we've talked about what his purchase price is or his trade value is. I Again, you've talked about the, how many defensemen are going to be available on the market. Can he move? Although his play of late has been much better. Is it still a desirable guy at that high contract? But the one we've talked about since the beginning of the season is Phil Kessel and what he had to do to earn himself to a trade. I, one, has he been good enough? Two, has he put up enough numbers? Three, does he want to go now? And and I know we, we dove into it last night, the, the impending birth of his child and left. Does that change how he feels about Arizona? And, and I, I don't know. I, I clearly don't know. But does it change? Because Phil's a guy that he can tell them, yeah, I don't want to go. I mean, he's, he's um, you know, can provide a list or he doesn't have to. So I'm curious to see how that one plays out over the next 12 days. I am too. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, when you when you talk about the arrival of a child, that's a big deal and, 
I, 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 I thought that last night when that happened. Like, could you imagine now they're on this eight game road trip? His child is just about to be born and the trade deadline is less than two weeks away. Like that's so many huge life changes. I couldn't even begin to imagine. Yeah. At the same time, you're, you're talking about a few months, right? So you can yeah. probably make it work. And I, I, the Coyotes certainly want to move Phil Kessel and get what they can for him. You don't want to lose a UFA who just walks away when you have some value in, in, on the trade deadline. So I, I think that one is still something they're going to be working on. I think Johan Larson and Jay Beagle, I, I know that there's been interest in those two players around the league. We'll see if it comes to fruition. Jacob Chikrin is the same we've talked about. You know, you see all these reports of all these teams interested in him, but my understanding to this point is nobody's offered what the Coyotes need. So, well, this one will probably go right up until the deadline. I, I mentioned on the show last night that the 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 price for – rentals is really high right now i don't expect that to last because there's just such a large supply but what agents also told me is because of that there seems to be more of this interest in players with term i'm always leery of stuff that i hear around the deadline like that because there's so many narratives narratives that get spun with an agenda behind them to try and drive people in a different direction so we'll see i still think it's going to be a rental market in the end but again we said all it takes is one team to make the offer that the Coyotes want and Jacob Chikorin could be gone. Um, as far as the other two guys that you mentioned, Christian Fisher and Anton Strawman, right now, my sense is there's, there's not much of a market for either of those players. I don't think that they've had a significant offer for Christian Fisher and Anton Strawman. The issue there is his cap hit. He's got a significant cap hit. I don't think the Coyotes want to retain anything on Anton Strawman because the return is not great enough to, to warrant that they only have one retained salary slot available anyway, because they already have Oliver Ekman Larson and Darcy Kemper uh, retained salaries in the max is three. So Strawman could be a tough move. Yeah. And I think it, it will, one thing to look at two over the next 12 days, nothing that Bill Armstrong does would surprise me. His ability to make deals that almost out of thin air that you can't even imagine existed and something comes to fruition. So I, I just, I'm kind of looking forward to some of the surprises that he may be able to pull out to grab more assets and draft picks. So we'll see. Leah, we're going to have to roll out that build a magician graphic when he comes on the show. Oh, a hundred percent. We are. I can't wait. That's going to be amazing. Which by the way, if you didn't know, GM Bill Armstrong will be on our show live at this Friday at one o'clock. So write it in your calendars, block off the time on your work calendar. Cause it's going to be, a really, really interesting conversation just ahead of the trade deadline. And I don't think you can make bets on the next player that will be moved. Um, that would be very interesting. Maybe you can, but there's a ton of stuff you can bet on on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, which, by the way, I had this thought last night after the game. You can bet on player props. Like, you can bet on shots on goal or um, that they'll get a point or that they'll score a goal or get an assist. Keller and Schmaltz, I don't know if I if that were me, I'd be putting money on Keller and Schmaltz to be on the score sheet this week because they're hot. So if you want to do that or anything related to that, you can do so at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And this week at DraftKings, new customers can bet $5 on any college hoops team to win their game. And if they do, you get $200 in free bets. You can also bet on college hoops with same game parlays. You can combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The conference playoffs are going on this week for college basketball so tune into that 
throw some money down and get $200 in free bets. That's $5 on any college hoops team to win. Get 200 in free bets if they do this week when you sign up using the promo code PHNX at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. That's 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Well, speaking of offensive output, Austin Matthews, who we've, you know, he just is coming up a lot today. First player to hit the 40 goal mark this season. Love that for my fantasy hockey team, but also it's historic. Um, He has reached the 40 goal mark four times. Only 36 players in NHL history have done it five times. That is quite the company to be in. (laughs) Yeah. You look at the list. Like I, I, I I decided to geek out and, (laughs) <laughs> players had done it each level 26 25 have done it six times 17 have done it seven and only 10 have done it eight times austin matthews is he's 24 years old he's gonna do it eight times he's gonna be i, I think it's safe to say he's gonna be one of the the 10 best goal scorers in nhl history when he's done maybe even higher if he, he keeps up this level of consistency it's just crazy to watch what he's doing right now it's amazing, and, and some people in just have that knack that when the puck gets on their stick, they can score. You can't teach guys how to score goals. You can teach them how to shoot better. You can work on their form or how to be at the net, but some guys just have a knack around the net, and Austin Matthews is one of those guys that just scores. And don't overlook the fact that this is a kid that was trained and raised in Arizona. And and that just boggles my mind that one of the best goal scorers in the history of the game could end up being from Arizona. And, and again, so if hockey doesn't work in the desert, man, I'm not so sure because I think it does. Anyway, he's, he's a fun player to watch. And I hope at some point fingers are crossed that at some point he puts on the howling head or the Kachina Jersey and gets an opportunity to play for his hometown team. I really (laughs) believe it will happen. I don't know if it'll be the next contract, the one after, or his last one. But I really believe that the hockey gods will allow Austin Matthews at some point to play in Arizona. And they'll announce it with him in his Coyotes pajamas and his Coyotes yeah. bed, childhood bed, just like the John yeah, Tavares. Over the bed. <laughs> just like exactly. the John Tavares homecoming. He's I now- so because... Wow, what a story that would be. You know, you talk about his shot, Petey, his ability to score goals. James Myrtle with The Athletic did an incredible story breaking down his shot uh, a couple of years ago. There's there's so many elements to it, right? As, aside from the accuracy, you got to be able to put the puck where you want to put it. But he's so deceptive with it, with the change of the bl- angle blades or moving the puck. He's got one of the best shots that I've ever seen in, in all of my time covering the league. So, yeah, it would be a lot of fun to watch that on a night. Yeah, if you haven't seen that. His wrist movement and his ability to release the puck from areas around the ice is just, it's so difficult for goaltenders to be able to read that release off, off yeah. of his stick. He moves his wrist so quickly and has so much strength in his hands. It's an amazing uh, to watch him play. And he did it here in Arizona. The goal he scored here, top shelf with really little to no effort. It just looks so graceful when he shoots the puck. You probably know that as a goalie too. Like uh, those were the guys that I always found the hardest to stop. Like people talk about hard shots, you know, or guys who are accurate. It was the guys where I couldn't read the shot. I had no idea where it was going because they're the way they they it left their stick. It was just so deceptive until the very last second. 
he yeah, does. and it, it's not the hardest. I mean, Ovechkin's got that bullet. I mean, he's got that one timer from the top of the circle. That's one thing. But but Matthews's goals aren't like that. Yeah. They're they're just that little flick of the wrist that makes it so difficult to, to to judge where that puck is going, and he gets so much heat with such little effort. It's amazing. He's fun to watch, and you know what? I I, I hate to say it, but 24, 36 hours from now, the Coyotes have to face him. I. I don't know. It might be Leo. We talk about the DraftKings Sportsbook app. He might be an anytime scorer because he likes playing the Coyotes. So we'll yeah, see. I think I'm going to put some money down on that. That seems fun. Um, <laughs> you just mentioned Ovechkin, who just tied Yarmir Jagger for third in goals all time, 766. He's only 35 goals behind Gordie Howe for second. Just absolutely it? unbelievable. And it's crazy to look at Austin Matthews kind of at the beginning of his career and what he's doing and then Ovechkin in his late 30s and I don't know maybe Austin Matthews is going to be on the, on his tail eventually but really crazy to see that record that Ovi's chasing like how soon does he break it I mean it's not going to happen this season that's too much to ask with you know high 20 some games left but he's man he's not going to be far away from it is are we talking like next October he's going to pass Gordy Howe and move into second I can I, see I, it I mean, you're, you're talking he's less than 40 goals away now. Like, Nuts. yeah, like, uh, wow. Like, next season, he passes Gordie Howe. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, it's amazing. Heard of him? His, his ability to score is just phenomenal. And he, I I didn't believe it. I'm going to say it. Five years ago, I would have said no chance. But we're right there on the precipice. Like, I don't see how he doesn't do it. And, and let's hope for the hockey gods that the season ticket holders at the ASU slash Coyote Arena of 4,800 people get to see Alexander Ovechkin break the rule, break the record in Can Tempe. you imagine if that happened in that building? <laughs> breaks, breaks the record in Tempe against the Coyotes. 3,800 people and two cameras in the building. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, imagine the, the TV the press, press going to go? One or two goals away, and they're like, oh, where do we go? Where do we go? <laughs> the press box can't fit all the press that wants to be there. Things from the ceiling, so all the players can get <laughs> rig them up from the rafters. I don't know what you're gonna do. A floating press box. Craig will be the, the only ceiling. guy recording it on his phone. He'll be <laughs> his shaky, media your shaky yeah. phone camera. You guys need me to help out. <laughs> yeah, like film for you here. That's <laughs> gonna blow up <laughs> the internet. He'll break the internet again. Um, yeah, Craig, oh Craig Morgan, the only video evidence of Alexander Ovechkin breaking Wayne <laughs> record live from ASU. Oh, good lord. Oh, that's Don't hilarious. Laugh. Don't laugh. Could happen. Well, you mentioned that he tied your Murray Yeager, who is raising money for the Ukraine right now. So if you're able to contribute, um, please consider doing so. And on that subject, this is a huge storyline, one that we will also be discussing with Bill Armstrong on Friday. But the NHL has frozen the KHL and KHL players wanting to come to the NHL and and draft eligible players in yeah. Russia, which, I mean, when you think of hockey output from different countries, you think Canada, U.S., Russia, Sweden, Finland. Like, Russia is one of the top countries for producing NHL players. So for them to be completely frozen out from being able to be drafted when there are Russian prospects in the top of the scouting report, and I haven't yeah. looked at how many, but I mean, this is going to have huge repercussions. Yeah, I'm really curious. Like the players that already been drafted, um, 
if the, the NHL hasn't ruled out them coming over, but there's there's a lot of red tape that you got to go through. But as far as draft eligible players, I mean, do you do you take that risk as a as a GM at this point? Like I'm talking to people around the league, they're like, probably not. You probably don't take that risk at this point. But man, there's some like you said, Leah. There's some really talented players. I remember talking to Kevin Woodley, who does In Goal Magazine, is just an in, incredible insight into goaltending. And he talked about all the goaltending and talent in Russia that doesn't even get discovered. He's like, you could go over there, Craig, you can throw a stone and hit eight guys who could play in the NHL. And there's just not enough scouting going on over there. Like these guys are just going to just go completely un unscouted at this point. Cause you're, you're probably not going to risk sending anyone over there at this point. There's no way anyone's going into Russia at this point to scout. It's crazy. It's a crazy situation that's going to have a, a major impact on the NHL and the talent level that we see over the next couple of seasons. Yeah. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to the episode that we, we recorded last week with Dave King and Barry Smith, both guys that have coached over in Russia, definitely scroll down and take a listen because I think it really lays the landscape for what's going on over there. And, and we're not trying to at this show, we're not talking politics or war. We're talking the hockey show. So we're going to talk how this affects hockey. I, I, there's a lot of really, really good hockey players over there that probably could play in the National Hockey League. And you got a lot of really good Russian players playing here right now. I, I don't know how this what what does this do? How long does this prolong? Does this get continue into you know one, two years? Because some of the best players in the draft over the next two seasons come from Russia. So so what does it do to the game? I mean, clearly the game will survive. And, and if, if that means those players play in the KHL and in Russia, but it's almost back to the old days, Craig, where you had to sneak guys out of the country. <laughs> you know, we had to defect those Russian players. And that wasn't all that long ago where, oh. where players were defecting out of Russia and finding a way to get into, to get into the national hockey. League. Now we just take it for granted. Oh, he's from Russia. Well, he'll be here next week. Look, this maybe takes a step backwards to what we used to see. So it's, it, it is something to keep an eye on. And it's unfortunate for some of these kids that are going to get caught up in something that's way beyond their scope of understanding that really has nothing to do with them. And it, it's really unfortunate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, before we move on, and I've mentioned it, that we'll, we're going to have Bill Armstrong on Friday, that Craig has his story coming out, talking to tons of agents around the NHL. There's just a lot of reasons why you should join the PHNX family because we are giving you Coyotes content five days a week and not just Coyotes content, Suns, Cardinals, D-backs. The, there's not even baseball and the D-backs crew is producing content five days a week. So consider joining our family. Become a member at gophnx.com. You can sign up for the year membership, get a free shirt. You can do month to month. Try the first month, just 50 cents. Um, a lot of reasons to become a member at gophnx. Com. And if you're just a Coyotes fan, then you get to read all of the stories, all of the stories by Craig Morgan, which is worth the price of admission, in my opinion. All right. Following up, uh, the Coyotes have now jumped. The Montreal Canadiens are now 30, first of 32. But in some projections, looking at the end of the year, we've been talking about Montreal. We've been talking about Seattle and the three-team race. But there's a model, and I already forgot how to say his name, so you're just going to have to say it. Craig, can you help us with the pronunciation? <laughs> like this, Dom Lesugin. Dom Lesugin. <laughs> Lesugin. Dom Lesugin. Dom um, Lesugin of The Athletic has a yes. model that predicts, on a daily basis, he updates it every day 
uh, how the NHL standings are going to play out. Dom, Dom's models are good. Dom, Dom knows what he's doing. It doesn't mean he, and he'll be the first to tell you. It doesn't mean this is what's going to happen because there are lots of variables outside of his control. But he still has the Coyotes finishing last with a surprising but maybe not surprising team right above the Coyotes. And that's the Buffalo Sabres. Dom has them falling all the way to 31st. And the Coyotes fan base just let out a collective groan. <laughs> They're coming. Good Lord. What if they get the top pick? Again. Oh my. Sean would be happy. Yeah, how many top eight picks is that Buffalo Sabre? But it goes back to the things we've talked about all the time. It's hard to get out of that that culture and that habit of losing. And that's why you want to see these Coyotes teams right now get some of these big wins and, and do some things collectively as a group individually. You know, it, that's important because otherwise you become addicted and have the habit forms of losing. And that's what Buffalo Sabres have. I mean, they've got good players there. They've, they've given the money, the ownership has given them for facilities and training and scouting and all of those things. They're there and they still lose. I, I, I don't know. And, and I, I'm with you, Craig, if the Buffalo Sabres get that ping pong ball, <sighs> that doesn't yeah. seem at this fair. point i'm not ruling out any scenario that goes against the coyotes but so. he has a four team four teams at the bottom we have three but he's got seattle montreal yep. buffalo and arizona at the bottom of the pack mike what do you guys think is going to happen how, how do you think this shakes out i don't know because i'm looking at the standings now arizona's only within one point of seattle now within six points of buffalo with two in hand by the way of buffalo yeah, two in hand on Buffalo. So, I mean, the Coyotes got to slow down this hot streak here. What is that voice? Yeah, I got to do it here. See, she's back in a 40. See, you got to get that news to print. See, but but I, I, I think it's amazing. And, and they're going in different directions. What happens at the trade deadline will clearly yes. spell this out. Like the, the Seattle make a lot of moves because they're struggling right now. They're one eight and one in their last 10. Uh-huh. They've lost three in a row. That team stinks right now. Coyotes yeah. have a better win percentage than Seattle, even though they're behind them in the standings. That's the one I'm fearful of falling the most. Montreal has got enough solid NHL players that they can jump over the Coyotes. And I think they may over time. Seattle's the one I'm most worried about. Even Buffalo, they've got guys back from injuries. I, I still think Buffalo is a better team than that. Goaltending has been an issue for them all along. Shocking. So it's like it was in 2015. Yeah, they just they just go. I that's another thing we have to do on the show is see how many goaltenders the Buffalo Sabres have used in the last 10 years. It is just staggering. How many goalies go in and out of that since they've had, you know, you look at Dominic Hasek and Ryan Miller and those those guys that were the stalwarts of Buffalo Sabre goaltending. And since then, it's been a revolving door. My my pick is, it, Coyotes fans are going to hate hearing this. I think Seattle's dropping to the bottom. I think it's going to be Seattle, Coyotes, Montreal, Buffalo. I think that's how it plays out. That's my project, pro, projection. Wow. Make sure we clip that. Yeah, and the Coyotes make on the on the, the the on the eve of the last game of the season, and they're out fighting for a playoff spot with Dallas. <laughs> I feel like the Coyotes no. are going to do like what the D backs did this year, where the D backs had a walk off home run to win the game, their last yeah. game, and go from last to second to last. And the MLB isn't the same as the NHL; like it's how you finish in the MLB. So and maybe there was, the, there was a generational talent at the top of the MLB draft too. So yes, like. You doing? Yeah. Can exactly. you imagine if that if they go to a shootout, and, and that's the last game of the season in a shootout? We have to stop it. We're gonna manifest it. I don't want this. <laughs> Who is the last uh, game of the year? It's Nashville. 
They're playing Nashville at home on a Friday night at seven. At home, last ever game at Gila River. Gila River. Nashville will need that game to make the playoffs as well. True. Let's hope so. Good grief! What if you're that close, Craig? What if you're? What if you're a point behind the Montreal Canadiens going into Game eighty-two? Oh, good grief! They might have you starting in goal that night. Surprise starter. The, the you, e-bug. Craig starting, Craig PD backing up. All, Boy, all, PD, I'll back up. I'm good at that. I'm good at backing up. I can open you the can door. Open the door. I'm really good at it. Speaking of the Buffalo Sabres, have you seen the Heritage Classic jerseys? Yes. I don't know well, what you was thinking. I'm not a guy who, who gets too into uniforms. There are very few uniforms where I look and say, wow, that's amazing. Uh, to be honest, I think a lot of pro sports uniforms are just eh. But these jerseys, I love Toronto's jerseys, first of all. I love them. They've gotten a lot of hate, so I'm very surprised to hear that from you. Yeah. No, I'm a big fan. I, I love I, them too. I think people – there's a lot of – there's just a lot of going on on, on uniforms. Too, the uniforms have gotten too busy in my opinion. I, and I'm not a, oh, we got to stay with the traditional uniforms. I like creativity, but I think a lot of uniforms have just gotten – like way too busy. Like the Suns with all that stuff going on on the bottom of their jerseys. I, I'm not a fan Which of that. Which one? The, the Valley jersey? Yeah, there's some some of their jerseys. I, I'm just not a fan of. They're just there's just way too much going on. It's it's almost like a, an assault on the eyes to me. But I know people have different opinions, and that's that's really all that matters with with jerseys. But I I really like both of these jerseys for the Heritage Classic. I like I like them too. More simple, like the better, and that yeah. goes across the board. I want two colors. And I remember in, in the in the 90s, early 2000s, or it might even been early 90s, everybody had to put black in their uniform. Like, why? If you don't have black in your uniform, don't put black in your uniform. Like, what do you need it for? Remember, I was a Minnesota fan back then, the North Stars. Remember the Canucks jerseys? Yes. The black jerseys and then like orange and red and yellow V. Was, those were horrifying. And the Just- Buffalo Sabres are a franchise that has not only, like, go to your and that's what we're doing on the Heritage Classic jersey. Love it. Clean, crisp. They went not only away from their colors, they went to that black with red and silver with the logo that you don't even know is a Buffalo. Then they go to the slug. That like, well, what the hell is that? Go to your roots. Go make it simple. I lo- These are fantastic jerseys. And it's, and it's the Heritage and Classic. Like, it's called the Heritage Classic. So, I mean, I feel like the jersey speaks to that. I think the Toronto jersey got a lot of hate. You know, just a T on it. Like, when I look at that jersey, I think about, like, old school Toronto. And that's what that evokes for me. So, I love it. I know they got hate. I love them both. And excited to see it on the ice. Yeah. Yes. Yes, please. Okay. Any final thoughts before we head out? I got nothing. (laughs) <laughs> Craig, are they going to make it four in a row? <sighs> Have you heard a goalie starter? Nope, not yet. Yeah, that was a it was it was not a big goaltending performance. It was fine, but it wasn't like oh, you have to give Veggie the start again. Yeah, so, didn't need it. So yeah, I, I think know. they're going to have their hands full in Toronto. I, I don't know if the streak continues there. But. And maybe it's for the best that it doesn't. Maybe it is for the best. <laughs> Based on everything we just talked uh, about. Big game coming up at Santa Bell as well. They need to lose that one. And I'm yeah. very sad that I'm not there for the hot dogs. <laughs> Battle of the basement will continue. Well, we will be live tomorrow after that Leafs game on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. So be sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you never miss a live show. Bill Armstrong Friday at 1 o'clock. And 
we'll have a post-game show on Saturday as well. So stay tuned for all of that. And wherever you get your podcast, like, subscribe. Please leave us a review while you're here. It's super helpful to us. And follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes. We, we were moving toward that 3,000 mark, and we need we need to keep moving. We need to see this dance. It needs to happen. We all need it for morale. It, Leah, it's slow to a trickle, I feel like. I know. We need to oh, heat it back fine. up. We want to see PD dance. I don't know. No, that's fine. No. Come on. <laughs> follow at PHNX, PHNX underscore Coyotes on Twitter. So give us a follow there. We'll be back tomorrow live after the Leafs game. And until then, have a great day, everyone. And we will see you tomorrow. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you ought to, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmark, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network.